Welcome back. I'm Shiko. I'm Yam. And I'm Gavani. And this is Okay. Yes, as you may have already heard, we have a guest today, Faith in the House. Hey, Faith in the building. Yeah. Hi. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. You're so, our first guest. Yeah. Welcome. Oh, very excited to be here. Thank you guys for inviting me. So, how's everyone feeling? How was the week? Um, hmm. Me, I had a very straightforward week, actually. And we praise the Lord for that. <laughs> because if you have been listening <laughs> in, my weeks have been complicated. And so far, so good. Nothing to remember, nothing to reflect on. Just an easy week. So, we're thankful. Gavani? Um, I don't know. I feel like I'm tired. Tired is my new default setting. Um, so I'm really happy about the long weekend. Um, yeah, so tired is how my week has been. Uh, I feel like I was stressed. What what holiday is it? It is called what now? Huduma it used day. to be. It's Huduma. Okay. It used to be Moi Day. It used to be Moi Day. Yeah, so at least we have a long weekend. Um, so I'll sleep in. But yeah. My body is exhausted and it's showing me in weird ways. So um, here we are, alive. Praise the Lord. That's all I have for this week. <laughs> Yum. <Nice. laughs> um, I'm doing okay. I had uh, a good week. Um, it's the first week since closing down the business. So it's been a little weird. Mm. Um, you didn't even just, say that on the podcast. I don't think you've mentioned yeah, that. Yeah, so I, okay. So yes, I closed down the baking business. I think while we were in transition or while we've been on break, um, as you already know, this is also still not season two. This is just another bonus from season one. Um, so in that time, there's, I think I had mentioned maybe in the last episode that it's a bit of a transitionary period for me. So um, it's been different for sure. Um, it's been a little difficult um, coming to terms. I think it was a bit more emotionally um i guess i had not anticipated the the emotional aspects of it even though it was a decision that had been coming for a while um but also it was strange so like this was the first weekend i had off in a really long time like a saturday not baking or like not working which was um really strange of course i spent it like in bed or in pajamas most of the day <laughs> best life to do. as you should as you should <laughs> yeah um but yeah but otherwise it was a good week i'm also feeling really hopeful um so i'm yeah i'm i'm feeling good uh, i know we we skated over faith um we'll introduce her a little bit more in detail at the end of the episode but maybe faith you can let us know how was your week all right. Um, I think I'm with Gavani. I'm, I'm tired. Um, mm-hmm. I was referring earlier how today I think uh, I've tried to rest and I'm still looking forward to more rest um, tomorrow. Uh, but it's been it's been busy in a nice way. Uh, I mean, it's business, mm. so it's, it's good. I'm not complaining. But nevertheless, um, the work that I do can be emotionally draining. Um, yeah, mm. so... I'm just, I'm happy to work this weekend. Nice. Awesome. Super. All you guys are like, oh, my weekend is not done. And me, I'm like, oh, after this, I have to figure out what I'm wearing this week. (laughs) (laughs) Because tomorrow it's back to work. I don't know. Ask guys, it's like Saturday. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Exactly. Hiya. Okay, um, so shall I spin the wheel? Um, Faith will be joining spin us. Spin it, please. So exciting. Oh, like a record spin, spin, Let's spin, spin, spin me. Yeah, yeah, I had to do it. And this is the last week we're going to hear that song. Nope, I told you guys, it's a, I'm a dictator. <laughs> Alrighty, today we landed on On My Wall. Ooh. On My Wall. Okay, so who wants to start us off? You, wow. Who is on your wall? Me. Yes. Yeah. Um, okay. I guess I am on my wall. Wow. <laughs> Period. 
That's such a Gathanian answer, but yeah, love it. I, Gathan is rubbing yeah. off on me. <laughs> I'm so Although proud. I'm also recording so proud. this. <laughs> I'm also recording this in my office, and in my office, I have a picture of myself. Um, just one. Where I feel like I look like a boss. Yeah, it's just one. Oh. Yeah. Um, and I I look at it from my desk. To remind myself, like in that moment, I really felt like boss babe. So I look at that picture and I'm like, you've got this. And so I think after the last year, um, everything I've been through since like last October and then coming to the closing of the business. And I feel like I've just been navigating a lot of madness <laughs> um, yeah. and like new beginnings and just like you know when you just feel like i saw someone a friend of ours who was like white water rafting and how they tipped into the water and i was just like that's it's been feeling like that you know just you know when you're being flailed around um yeah but i feel like today i i woke up and i was just like at the same time i'm so grateful to god like I don't feel like I've lacked. I'm in a good place. I have good family. I have good friends. Mm. Like I feel loved. Um, I feel hopeful. Um, and yeah. And even though I don't feel like I know, and cause you, you guys know I'm a planner and we've talked about personalities and birth order so much. So you know how I rely on a structure. Um, but yeah. I feel like I'm okay in the flow of things. Um, so I'm proud of myself for that um, and for breaking out of my shell for that. So I'm on my own wall. Boss. Claps to you. Claps to you. Wow. That's yes. good. That's good. I think... Galani, who is I'll, on you? Wait, yeah, wait you I saying? have to tell you, I think I'll be... I'll be wearing a crop top and shorts in in that picture of my wall, because I've also been really hard. You know how that casenta <laughs> folds. It's it's giving Playboy. <laughs> um, if it was Playboy, it would not be in the shorts or the top. But let's go. Off. No, no, no. Yeah, no, Nyam's, Nyam's my version, version. Nyam's my version of Playboy. Ha- my version is not just like tassels and a thong. Mine has like some mini like a sports crop top central. Wow, center fold. We love uh-huh. it. PG mm. Playboy. Yeah. Me? Gang. Um on my wall, I'm going to have to if this is not taking the mood down or dark, but um on my wall this week would have to be um Dennis, only because it's been a year. And my we have to explain. Okay, so once upon a time, I was engaged. And then he passed away a year ago. And so part of this week's turmoil blah, 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 has been the year anniversary. So that's who's on my wall. Um, yeah. And that ends my story. <laughs> I'm just feeling like I don't want to cry. But anyway, so the week has been a bit... I've been tired from work. I've had a lot of things happening, but I feel like that and watching Yam go all through all of her transitions when she was doing all of that, like closing the business, we had like moments where it's like where her business was when she was moving to that space, he was there like putting up curtains and fixing certain things, you know, it's just a lot mm-hmm. of, and then Oscar is just a reminder because he's the one who got me Oscar, you know, so it's just a lot of, <gasps> um, yeah, so that's who's on my wall this week. Because I feel like... R.I.P. Deno. R.I.P. man. It's so weird also that he's gone. But you know what? Yeah. yeah he deserves a wall. This week, he deserves he the deserves wall. <laughs> That's who's on mine. Mm-hmm. Your... Nice. Faith, do you want to go ahead? I think I will say... I think she's called Sarah Jake. Uh, Jake's daughter? Oh, yeah. Um, uh, so... And after when she was handed over, I think the whole thing, um, when she was handed over the ministry and everything by the dad, but it was more of her story. Like she has such a story. Mm. Um, and the fact that that story, what mm. we know is like for most people, it would it it does not match with like the honor that she's been given. Mm. And I'm just like, yeah. wow. Um, she didn't let any of that stop her. Has yeah. her, her has continued to shine. 
And 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 then she's being honored like this. And then when the dad will say, this is not even me, this is not an inheritance. This is not, you know, it's because I know God has said that you're the person who um, should be doing this. So for me, it's just like, that's a story of resilience, a story of uh, beautiful ashes. Mm. I don't know, so many things uh, all in one. So yeah, I think it's happening. Yeah. Hey, that's beautiful. Manjika, yeah. she's so powerful. I follow her on Instagram. And it's just yeah, she's she's the one. She's the one. She's fire. Hey, and her fashion is also yeah. on point. I love her style. For sure. And her hair. <laughs> her hair is always on she's point. She's doing all those things and still looking, uh, you know, very mm. glamorous. I don't even know how exactly. she does it. Oh. Yeah. For sure. Um, personally, me, who is on my wall this week, would have to be my husband, um, Christian. Go the reason he's been on my wall is because you know the last couple of weeks have been a lot for me there's been i don't know like i've i speak very lightly on things on here i feel like most of the time but in real life i really be going through it sometimes and he's really been someone who has really supported me through this time i know my I haven't been, I've been very busy at work. It's also the beginning of dance season. So I've been working till like 6 p.m. And I go in like at 7. So I've been working over 12 hours just trying to get that sorted out. And he's been cooking. He's been cleaning. He's been picking up where I'm not necessarily picking my weight, which um, I just wanted to take an opportunity to thank him and say that I'm grateful for that. Woo, woo, woo. Because even me, I, I was feeling a little bit of anxiety. I was like, I know I should be doing this, but it's just like I come home and I'm tired and I just want to order food. You know, one of those days where you're like, I know my fridge has food, but like the thought of even just picking up a pan today is not it. And for someone to like be able to keep you accountable and be like, no, we're not going to eat out. What we're going to do is I'm going to help you and we're going to figure it out. So um, I'm just grateful for him. Woo, woo, woo. Go Boshinks. Yeah. Gang. Yeah. We're grateful for hey, yeah. him also. So are we. Yeah. Shout out to him. Great. So Man, we can he's, get he's, into. He's a superstar. He's the he's coolest. For this sure. week. So shall we get into the meat and poreros? Please. Of things. Please. Let's get it. It's Ugali and Skuma, guys. We so, said this. Um, we said this before. Oh, we said Ugali and Skuma. Yeah. Yes, Okay, please. let's get into the Ugali and Skuma of things. Cool. Um, so, <laughs> uh, if you listen to a couple of episodes in season one, you may have heard us say that we really feel like therapy is important and um, we gave some pieces of advice but we were telling you guys to take them with a grain of salt or a pinch of salt mm. um, and so we just thought it would be a good idea to uh, come and have someone on here with us who actually knows what she's saying um, and is trained in these ways so that's why we had faith on here so mm -hmm. maybe faith you can start by introducing yourself now in terms of like your professional background and um uh and then we can take it from there right um hi everyone uh so as you've heard my name is faith i'm faith gishanga um i'm a counseling psychologist uh, but i'm getting more interested and getting also into organizational psychologist uh, psychology uh, but yeah, my first love was uh, counseling and I got into it initially because of marriage and family, but over time I've just broadened that to many other areas, including grief, um, trauma and all that. Uh, but yes, I also decided to go into the workplace. Um, I realized that at the, it's easier when I, when I work with an organization. I feel like the impact is bigger. I am able to deal mm. with more people. That's number one. Number two, uh, not very many people uh, can afford or are willing to, to pay for themselves or the one-on-one. -on -one. So I realize mm -hmm. when an organization is providing that, then more and more people have access to this. Uh, but also we know that the workplace is one of the places that is also um, causing a lot of stress uh, for people mm. um yeah. Yeah, that's part of the reason why i went into organizational but the good thing is also if i'm in an organization i don't separate and so we're just dealing with the workplace stress so i'm also still able to tackle the other issue but yes mm. um in a nutshell so that's two areas awesome. I keep saying, like, yeah two areas so counseling psychology and also organizational psychology and i'm so I happy to be here you guys 
Aww, we're, we're so, so happy, happy to, to have, have you. you. Thank you for making time. Have for you sure. noticed? Have you noticed that uh, more organizations are offering those services to their people, like in Kenya right now? Yes. Oh, yes. Um, and that's also the reason why I thought this is this is this is a better space to be able to access my clients. Mm, um, yeah. And and two organizations are opening up to that idea um, that it's not just an expense, but it's an expense that pays back because then if they the, the workers are not well, they're not able to perform mm. optimally. So for organizations to see that it ties up to their own business processes. Um, True. Yeah, so glad to, we're starting to see that trend in the workplace too. Yeah. So like we've been talking a lot about birth order in our podcast and everything. And I know you've been listening in and we thank you for that. Um, but like, how do you think birth order really does affect people when it comes to like family structure and all that? So first of all, for this one, you guys will need to stop me because I can talk about this the whole day and evening. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a topic that I'm very, very passionate about. And I'll say this, yeah. it's because when um when clients come so that's part of the information that i get uh from them and i realized like there's a pattern um most of my clients happen to be firstborn okay and i realized mm-hmm. even those who are not firstborn have those traits so there's something i call firstborn syndrome and it's probably something we're going to talk about more in this um but there are those specific traits to firstborn um so you'll find that they're very in charge uh they carry everyone's problems on their shoulders so part of the reason they come um, the first thing that first one say is i'm tired okay that's usually almost an opener mm. for all of them and so when they start talking mm, yeah. they carry but they don't necessarily um ask for help that's also something else they never ask for help so they take in and take in and of course we're human beings so we have limit um and so they at some point they're like i'm breaking yeah so that's first bones and then of course we have uh middle children who well i may not interact with a lot of them in my therapy uh but generally we know they feel you know they, they have to be like assertive because they are in the middle so they're not given the attention as the first one neither as the last one so they have to yeah speak up or you know or do things that are very extreme whether it's on the positive or on the negative just to create a space for themselves or find themselves out of the house a lot um looking for a place to belong um so i think most people in gangs are middle children <laughs> guys if i told you anything i'd have to kill you but if you suddenly see us rich don't ask why okay just know forget being kim kardashian okay it's narcos <laughs> up in this business we in narcos <laughs> Oh, yeah, then, uh, yeah, then we have last bonds. One of the things, so it, I've, I've, I've had a few last bonds, and for them, I think one of the things they say is that they they feel overlooked. So if a family is making decisions, and it's very interesting, it doesn't even matter how the age now, maybe we are all adults, but somehow mm. the last bond is never really, the opinion uh, is never, like they're usually the last people to be included, or they're told this is what you need to do, um, especially in families with, um, many children uh, but mm. then also the pressure when everyone else is older and maybe they're you know they've, they've been successful so the last one feels the pressure to um, be that but also we find the last one especially if there's an age gap between the last one you know the, they're called the pension babies where there's a gap between the last one and the <laughs> other you find that child having firstborn tendencies again because they're the ones who are left at home taking care of the parents Mm. so they're all the dynamics but um yeah i find that firstborn theirs is the one that sticks out the most and they're the ones who suffer just because of the expectations that have been put on them um so you see for the middle child it's not the expectation it's what they're feeling and even the last one but the first one is the whole societal and parental and the other siblings looking up to them so i feel like um yeah they 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 carry a lot i don't know if i've answered your question absolutely more than but enough. do we look up to our <laughs> firstborn that is the question <laughs> i'm playing you yeah. better we don't want you to be stressed if we look up to you you'll be stressed so it's okay don't worry you 
Better actually, the <laughs> other day, someone who listens to the podcast tagged me on Twitter on this. Um, there was this one of these shows. I want to say it was like maybe Alexander McQueen or maybe no. One of the shows, see, it was Milan Fashion Week and they were trudging yeah. through mud. And there was this um, model like really trudging through the mud and it was someone captioned it first bonds on the way to go and solve everyone's problems <laughs> <laughs> and when they sent it to me i was like man i really felt that but then when i looked like in the comments it was so wild how people are like there were so many first bonds just being like i'm just out here parenting my parents and trying to make it through like you know and yeah. I, yeah, I get it yeah it's yeah it it's what you're saying is spot on yeah that's cool. Yeah. Um, so uh, we had talked about childhood grief um, in one of the episodes, and we wanted to find out, um, is there a specific way you would advise, like, your clients to deal with the conversation of, like, losing a parent um, to their children? Like, how do they bring it up to the child, the adjustment in their day-to-day life? Like, what would your advice be? Because, like, you know... Because you listen to the podcast, you'd had us guys want it wasn't like a topic that was said. So, how would you advise your clients to go about it? Um. So first of all, maybe just to even address how you guys have been talking about these things. Um. It's it's been so healing by itself. So as much as we have professionals who talk about mental health, there's, mm-hmm. there's we cannot take away the place of people with lived experience. Okay, and that's you guys. Mm. So. Let's talk about this. Even if a professional never came and added anything just to that, I think even just someone going through that will be like, oh, you know, like, you know, that the way you're like, oh, so we are many, or oh, we've gone through this, or so someone else understands. Yeah. Just as is, just the fact that you guys talk about these things is very healing uh, just by itself. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Thanks. And, uh, <laughs> You guys do elicit emotions, I'll tell you that. Even for people who may not have gone through that experience, but just to understand mm-hmm. a world outside our own experiences, okay? Mm-hmm. Like uh, so like I said, I, I've, I've known Yam, but just listening to the podcast just makes me understand, you know, more, more about her, but also knowing that, okay, so that there's a world like that, just because I didn't go mm-hmm. through it. Uh, so it, it's very, it's very insightful. Um, now, about grief and kids, I don't know. I think for most parents, and I guess just because I don't know, it feels like uh, maybe the more we don't talk about it, the more it will go away. I, I think that's how, mm-hmm. um, so, you know, even if they're talking about it and the child is like, no, let's not talk about it. But unfortunately, with grief, that's not how it works. Um, it, it needs to be processed. Um, yeah. And maybe also because the parents don't have the tools to. And one of the things I like about you guys is how you keep saying go for therapy, whether it's taking the kids to therapy, but also you yourself, because once you go for therapy mm. as the adult, then I had mm-hmm. you guys say something very important that it gives you the language. It gives you the language to express yourself mm. and to have words mm-hmm. to even communicate to other people. Um, so here, I, I'd like to answer maybe first of all to say that grieving is not just about dealing with the emotions and I think that's what a lot of people think so then if we don't talk about it then the kid won't feel sad then that's it but there are other things Mm. there is um Mm. learning to live without this person so that needs Mm. to be okay there is how to to carry this person in your heart and in your mind but in a way that you're not stuck okay Mm because it can be one or the other there are maybe kids who we might never get out of that. Uh, but we need to tell them, no, we, we're not saying we need to forget this person, but we need to find, um, and that's one. There's a guy, I think it's called Walden. He says there are four tasks of mourning. So this is one of them where we need to find a way um, to memorialize the person, to keep the person mm-hmm. close in our heart, but in a way that is sustainable, that we don't feel stuck. Now, again, that's a conversation we need to have because I'll say mm-hmm. it's very different based on the age of the kids, it's different mm, yeah. based on even how or what happened. Uh, so there is no one way we can say this is this is the way to do it. Um, mm. By the way, there are people who maybe like having birthday celebrations is good and helpful, but another family would be like, no, that's such a trigger. So there is yeah. no even one way. So it can we can we talk about it so that we understand? It can even be the three of you, same family, same lost, same maybe parent. 
but each mm-hmm. wants to grieve very differently. Um, mm-hmm. So it's very grief is very um, in, in, it's very personal. It's very personal. And I think mm-hmm. if there's one thing you guys have brought out, actually, that how sometimes I listen and I'm like, the three of you have very different perspectives of the same thing. So the mm-hmm. best way is have age-appropriate conversations. First of all, again, the way you will talk to the two-year-old is very different how you talk to the seven-year-old and the fifteen-year-old. Mm-hmm. So it yeah. has to be age-appropriate. But mm-hmm. the other thing with kids, this is usually something a trick that works. First of all, ask questions. Let the let then you will hear how much they know and understand, and then you can feel so that you also don't overtell, like you don't over get. So just depending yeah. on where their, yeah, where their gaps are then you mm-hmm. can you can respond yeah. Yeah. interesting interesting so like let's talk about whether like now we've passed the grief point and maybe it wasn't grief based on a loss maybe it was just divorce and then another parent or another parent figure is being introduced into the situation how would you advise or what's your um, thought process in parents bringing or introducing their kids to their new partner should it be in the dating stages should it be when it's serious should it just be at the wedding because <laughs> <laughs> um, lol she go <laughs> l or l oh my god no I, yeah i mean yeah. how do you have those conversations <laughs> at least i mean i'm uh, i'm an insider to that joke because i listen to the podcast <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> again um, a very a very delicate balance um You're so right. first of all there's no time frame you know we can't say it's two months six months like that but yeah. we need it to be of course not too early because then how many people every time you talk, you say hello to this guy and you bring i mean how many people are going to introduce and also not too late um that then a serious commitment so it's it's when it's yes it's serious but serious commitments have not been made it's not like now mm-hmm. uh, the plans for the wedding are there because i feel like it's important um and i know most parents say you know it's my life uh it doesn't matter what the kids feel about this um mm-hmm. but the truth is it, it does matter um one of the things i've realized uh, with with my clients it, it's very vivid the first time they met their step parent. Um, mm. And depending on how it was done, because there's a client recently who was telling me, we woke up, uh, there were kids, I think she was in class, some primary school. She's like, I woke up and I saw a man's shoes. Like, she still remembers <laughs> that. Um, yeah. So it's like, and a man had slept over in my mom's, you know. Uh, room so it's 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 important the how okay because and and that was like it's it's many years later but the relationship has never um become what because there was no conversation so i think more Mm. than even the when is the how okay what Mm what 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 are we who is this person when you when you bring and then so we're just saying what does it mean you know or you know, you're the bridesmaid for our wedding, you know, like give the kids time to process and ask, you said this is the thing, to ask questions. And sometimes a parent is not being mean or bad. It's just that I, she probably she, didn't, she or he doesn't have answers to that, to those questions. But the thing I'd like to tell parents that it's okay. It's okay to tell the child, even me, I don't know. Because I think mm. the, the feeling mm. that I have to have all the answers and I have to have it figured out is what, and because I don't have the answers, you know, like when you're saying you, you like structure and you like a plan, but you're in a space where mm. you're saying, you know what, I'm just doing it a day at a time. So it's okay to tell mm. your child that sometimes, is that mm. um, even I don't know sometimes, or even th- this makes me sad or this, but when you feel like you need to to know everything and to have it figured out. So then because you haven't, then you feel like, let me not talk about this because I don't have answers. Um, but then you, to, to a child, is like you, you have it figured out, but you're not including me. You've already made the decisions. But the truth is mm-hmm. most of the time, even the parent is anxious. Will this person get along with my kids? I'm sure that's part of the anxiety they go through. So yeah. As, yeah, as far as the timing is concerned, not too early, not too late, but the how. I think the how is even more important um, mm. than even the timing. Yeah, That's amazing. Before, um, to, to add on to that, do you think then it's relevant, especially in a situation where now maybe like um, 
you see now now let's say you're at the serious phase and someone is moving into your home or the environment that has previously been for just you and your child is it important to do it I mean, I don't know that you can move in slowly, but, you know, is it that you all go to therapy to understand? Because I feel like the roles and everything kind of also change. Is there any um, thoughts or guidance you can give on that? Maybe all everyone goes to therapy to talk through what that transition is like. What do you think? Absolutely. Um, and even the best would be actually, okay, maybe they'd feel more comfortable to have one-on-one, but like a group that that would be ideal for like family therapy, just so that mm-hmm. we are sitting and I'm hearing what the, pers- the other person is saying, what their concerns are. And like that would can make a bonding um, session, but also hoping that they'll be vulnerable. So that's a thing. Our African society, you know, like when you're <laughs> yeah. in therapy with your parents, and it's very yeah. difficult to be uh, vulnerable. But that, if you can have, now that's where like family, you know, you say marriage and family therapy. That's now the family therapy where we would sit mm-hmm. and just listen to each each other's concern, concerns and how this is, you know, because sometimes I might just be thinking, this person, as a child, this person has come to take over or start disciplining me. And that's not what he, you know, he really, maybe not. Uh, so when he's mm. there, he's able to hear me, but also not just in a safe space where there's also like a, a, a counselor who can mm. translate, you know, translate what I'm saying to them. Because it's very easy if it's just me and the guy, then, or my stepdad or my stepmom, it's very easy for mm. him to take it. I don't love him or something. But when there's a neutral person, like a therapist, who can be able to just make people understand what the other person is saying, that would be uh, really good. But also, yeah, even if it's in the absence of a therapist, mm-hmm. we just need to keep talking. I think that's the thing. We just need to keep talking about this topic. Mm-hmm. Because then if I know mm-hmm. I can approach my mom with my concerns about mm-hmm. my stepdad, and he will, mm-hmm. like, he will listen to me. She will listen to me not not feeling attacked just to know that those are my concerns as a child then that mm. would be really helpful you get um yeah. so it's that creating a safe space where we can have conversation about yeah about an experience that is otherwise mm. quite difficult to navigate if we are not talking so we are making assumptions of the other person it's very easy for the step person to think also this child um, is just being disrespectful and maybe she's just being yeah. herself, she's perverted or she's you know so communication 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 yeah and on that topic too i'm like so curious because i've noticed i mean it's just normal we you mentioned like how africans like we're very closed off to um certain things like therapy or those conversations or anything like how do you go about trying to encourage maybe an older generation and to switch their mindset on therapy because for them therapy was for crazy people you know what i mean people who really had serious serious like visible issues um that needed to go talk to someone how do we kind of like encourage and switch that mindset in parents so first of all um what you guys are doing if their parents watching i am sure they're convinced <laughs> they need to go for therapy <laughs> <laughs> that's what they think we are crazy students those ones need to be in therapy for those sure <laughs> those ones you guys there is no episode that goes by without i think saying like three or four times guys need to go for therapy so i love yeah. that now, i think as a therapist, I can, I can, and I do talk about uh, mental health a lot, but it's much more impactful for people who've gone through it to talk about it, okay? It's easier mm-hmm. for Chico, your friend, to hear from you the benefits mm-hmm. of therapy than from me uh, because it just looks like it's my profession and I, I, I don't know, I'm just talking about it. I mean, the, it does have an impact, but people with lived experiences, again, I say, it's very important. So even when I have clients, one of the things when we're ending, I usually tell them, now um, you, 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 it's important for you to, to talk to people about this. Um, not the details, but just the benefits and, and, and that. Um, in, interestingly, more and more people in the older generation are also embracing um, therapy. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of it is because now this has worked for us for a long time most therapists were 
were elder, were older women. It's like people who had retired from other jobs. So they were either teachers or who've retired and then they've gone. So it mm. was a certain generation. So it's easier. Even I, so when I'm recommending like an elderly person, I have those people I can tell them to go see. Because most would not, you see, the other barrier is they feel like, you know, maybe I'm too young. They, they might look at me mm. and think I'm, I'm too young. So luckily, yeah. we have a whole generation of older counselors. Um, so that makes it easier. So I usually, uh, you know, I usually ask someone to ask maybe if the parent could support or like, I think my mom needs to talk to someone. So ask them, ask them if they'd be willing to talk to, you know, someone um, their age or something. Uh, and luckily, I, we have, at least in Kenya, I know we have quite a number so that works but also yeah more and more people are embracing and so like you guys the way you're talking so you, there are people who are talking to their parents and saying maybe you need to talk to someone outside of family or outside of you know just professional help um but our our um the the yes yeah, so as much as those ones most of a, a number of them are but we i think you're targeting younger generations so now them they will grow old mm. with that mindset so it's easier right. it's easier than the newer ones um sorry did i say newer ones the younger <laughs> ones the green the <laughs> green yeah, so spanking yeah. new yeah. yeah yeah that's so cool so one of the things i've heard you say over and over is parents need to ask their children questions or speak to them so when it comes to the conversation like now of divorce, so me and my husband, <laughs> hypothetical, and our hypothetical children, <laughs> um, we've decided to split up. And of course, as children of divorce, we like knew there was something happening. A lot of people don't see that their children or don't think their children know. So how do you approach the conversation of divorce because a lot of times african like you've mentioned it african parents are like it's my decision it's me doing this thing why do i have to involve the children how would you advise i guess is the word parents who have come to the decision like okay we are splitting up we're getting a divorce how do we approach this conversation with our children um so as i'm listening to the questions by the way i'm just thinking they're all tied to what you've started with in terms of just trying to communicate because i'm like exactly. oh it's about um how parents communicate or you mm. know, how they, they do not um mm. so again we go back to that is it's it's not one of those things that parents think the more we don't talk about it it will just go away or the child will not think about it no this is something mm. that is about to change their lives completely and 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 mm-hmm. forever so conversations need to be had again like i said it's it still goes back to first of all age appropriate again what you'll tell the two-year-olds different from what you'll tell an older child um an older child might need more details like you said uh if you're older you have noticed things have not been okay or you've even seen mm-hmm. another uh person in one of the parents lives a younger kid might not uh, begin to those details so it's important to to communicate age appropriately um number two like i said even if it's okay to say when you don't know because i can imagine divorce, no one mm. you, you don't get married to get divorced so you there's no manual there's no yeah so mm. again that's something else that makes people people not communicate to their kids because they feel like even i don't mm. have the answer but it's okay because as a child if i see that okay so this is because if i see like my parents look like this is this is not this like they're okay with it then i even wonder or i feel like even i have to be okay like why am i why am i the only one feeling sad my mom seems oh my dad like they seem to be yeah yeah so i it takes mm, yeah i feel like even i have to do that but sometimes it's just we hold each other and we just cry you know so parents need to be vulnerable with the kids again age appropriately so not again we cry and so that the child feels like they need to take care of you and it still yeah. needs to be very clear that i am the parent and and mm-hmm. you guys are the people, which is also something else in the communication now it's important for parents to communicate that that the kids are still kids and it's not they need to take sometimes you'll hear a boy telling the mom don't worry mom i will i don't know build you a house or something um or mm-hmm you know don't mm. if dad has left us it's okay but it's important 
to show the kids that no, dad has not left you as the kids. It's the relationship mm. between you and your parents. So yeah. that is also an important aspect of communication that the kids remain kids. Um, one of the things that happens with kids of divorce is we call it, and again, even pacification, where the child takes the role of the spouse now, feels like they need to console mm. the parent who's left. Um, mm be there for them, needs to share responsibilities that were being shared with uh, the parent that has left. So parents mm-hmm. need to work on that. No specification and no parentification of the kids. Again, parentification is that where the child becomes like a parent to the spouse, but also to the other kids uh, because mm-hmm. mom is so, she's fallen apart. And so then the child, who is also should be grieving, feels like now they need to step up and take mm-hmm. over their responsibilities. So it's all those things uh, to watch. But then again, just leave the line of communications open. Let the kid know that what, when they have questions, they can always come and ask you, but also don't feel the pressure. It's, it's one thing to leave the line of communication open, but also knowing mm-hmm. you don't have to have the answers. So that makes it easier. Yeah. Uh, you don't have to answer immediately also. You can say, yeah. can I think about that and answer later? Interesting. And in that same I place, like as, as people start talking, okay, we all have questions. We're like, yeah. wow. Galani, okay, go. So as I say, go in Galani. that same like, area, so divorce is an extreme. So how do you approach, um, I fought with my husband, because there's this other thing where like, it's learning how to fight as children, because you might hear your ch- parents fight and whatever it is, and you hear the loud sounds and whatever, and the next day they come down and they're fine. So how do you approach that um we thought everything is okay type of thing when you're teaching your children ideally how to fight without being like, this is how to fight. Because children are very observant. Conflict so resolution. Yeah, so conflict resolution. So maybe we thought we are very explosive, but we're not getting divorced. How do you approach that conflict resolution we thought and the conversation with the children? I, I like that question. So two reasons. Number one, the way you're saying about that the kids learn uh, conflict resolution but two also it creates emotional safety um, there's a way mm. every time your parents fight you feel like okay this is it this is the one that is going to make them go apart so I like the fact yeah, that yeah. when you communicate then kids first of all find oh, okay it's normal that grown-ups will disagree but it doesn't always mm. mean um, that they will go away you've actually reminded because I have remembered when I was young I think every time I sensed tension I was like are they are they going to you know, separate. Are my parents going to separate? Mm. So I've, I've just thought if this had happened, what you're saying about communicating, then mm. I'd have that emotional safety of knowing that this is, uh, is it's it's a normal process. Um, yeah. So I listened to I think a podcast where you, I think one of you shared that a friend usually the the couple usually comes back and communicate and say we have uh, and I thought and I thought that was very amazing um again <laughs> if, yeah. they fight, if they fight in front of yeah, the kids they may start to conflict resolution in front of, yeah, the, kids in front well. of the kids yeah yes, exactly um but the other way to communicate this is even not just when there are fights between the parents okay because even parent you see how even the resolution conflict resolution between the parent and the child goes tells a lot okay so we can mm-hmm. teach them even when how 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 I deal with conflict with it, with any of the children, okay? Because mm. it it will be it it will tell it will tell how well this parent does conflict. So if it is the one way we've we've been used to uh, again the African way, the parent says and the child just has to. <laughs> so that yeah. that that is is not very helpful. So it can be in that one way. It can be just when. Um, the parent is dealing with with a child, so that then, because there's a there's there's a way we solve. I will not always think that when my mom and my dad are at it, that it's unsafe. Mm. You see, because then I have mm. experienced I've experienced it with my mom and my or my dad. Okay, when I uh-huh. have done something wrong, okay. there's a way I I have a voice also. I might still be punished but maybe they'll understand. So that way you get like, but if every time I'm just on the wrong or my voice is never heard, then there's always, for me, conflict has a negative connotation. You know, like there's no mm-hmm. good way to end. So even when I hear my parents are having a conflict, then 
I don't think anything good can come out of it. So that can mm-hmm. also uh, be a way to to do that. But I really like the one for where we come back and say uh, you may have had um, your dad and I, or you may have seen things, or but now we. Uh, talked about it yeah but normalizing conflict that's a thing because we need to normalize the truth is conflict will be there okay so as much as we can mm-hmm. of course let's not fight in front of the kids but we can norm- normalize that it will happen but it's the how that matters and it's it's a whole it's a whole um uh what's it called it's such a training moment how you fight how you fight with the kids uh, and mm. also now what you do after as parents you have you have fought and the kids were visibly maybe they had uh and and yeah so every time you brush it off like we're just moving on there's the emotional emotional safety is is eroding uh for the kids yeah. um, and they try to avoid it. That's interesting that you say that. I, and that's obviously like showing the emotion of anger. But like, how do you feel about parents showing other kinds of emotions in front of their kids? Because I know I grew up in a house where like, it's very rare that um, emotions such as like tears and stuff like that were shown. Like parents were always meant to be these people who you look up to and showing emotions. I don't know where it started was like a sign of weakness. You know, how do you go about like, telling parents hey maybe it's okay to show those kinds of emotions in front of your children yeah um and you know it's interesting because you said i think anger is the one we used to see that one they don't hide that one we used to see yeah for sure <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, 100 yeah. but you know the thing is this so anger is a secondary emotion okay so normally it's either you're feeling hurt or you're feeling betrayed or feeling there's a, there's another emotion so when they are careful not to show those other emotions. Now to us, it was presented as anger. So maybe, um, again, there's been probably a betrayal between the parents, okay? But mm-hmm. for us, we'll not see the sad and the heart. You will, you will notice the anger when you maybe drop a cup and it broke, okay? So to us, mm-hmm. we just saw mm-hmm. the anger side. But what is really going on between uh, with my mom is that she's feeling hurt. Okay, so what mm-hmm. I'm saying is as much as they try to hide all these other emotions, now it seeps out as anger. And that's what so most kids, I mean, there are many times, I think as a child, you've been disciplined and you're like, hey, is this for that mistake I've made? Because it's not going <laughs> yes. to yes. Yeah, it's like, is it for the cup or what happened? Yes, exactly. And so that's what I'm, I'm telling parents that when you don't express these other emotions, you end up just it coming out as anger so it's very important and that's what like I said as, as a child I also learn um how to express my emotions in a in a healthy way you know there's there's uh, there's a way we learn and one of the ways that we learn is through we call it social learning social learning is uh what I see is what I do so if I learn that oh you know when you're sad it, you know you can actually say I'm sad you can actually cry and it's okay then even mm. I will grow up like that. So even our parents, it's just that they're repeating the scripts that seen. Okay. Um, mm, they are yeah. their parents not crying, not showing emotions. Okay. So it's very important. It's very important for parents to show emotions. That's why I say, let's be vulnerable. It's okay to say, I, I don't know. Um, or just give me time, I'll figure this out. Um, or yeah. divorce, it's hard. Because I can imagine, I I I don't know who would not shed a tear uh, going through divorce. I, I really, you know, yeah. if, if they could, if they could show it, you get. Uh, for sure. Sure. Important as a child, even for me to see, okay, we are in this, we're in this, we are all struggling. We are all, yeah. So, yeah. So mine is the last one in this frame. I think the things you have been saying have just been triggering thoughts. So, you know, when you are talking about how, when we're just discussing the conflict resolution, now, what happens in a situation where people have never grown up seeing conflict at all? Because there's this flip side of, you know, it's not good to fight in front of the kids. Um, but then what happens sometimes, I wonder, does it give like an unrealistic view of what relationships are like? Or is that still the best outcome bless you okay so do you say bless you after someone coughs 
what do you say after someone coughs <laughs> just like i said bless you then i was like it was a cough not a sneeze Okay. <laughs> oh my gosh. Sorry, you free. Answer the question. Sorry, you free. When you are saying like that, we're assuming that conflict has to have raised voices, has to have mm-hmm. um, the ugliness. But you see, it doesn't have to be. It's a disagreement. Um, so maybe what you're saying is let's not raise our voices in front of the kids. But not necessarily. Not, mm. Let's not have conflict because conflict is in is in the everyday. It's in uh, difference of opinion. It's in difference of mm. yeah. So maybe what we're saying is let's not re- let's not have you know the aggression and that. Mm-hmm. But conflict conflict is really just uh, you know uh, the yeah. disagreement and expressing yeah. ourselves. And I think that's healthy for me to mm. hear. Oh, my mom and my dad disagreeing on something, but. Mm-hmm. you know in a healthy way like yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. it doesn't boil down to shouting matches um mm-hmm. they're just on different political parties and their views are very different and so they're bringing in as a debate so there is a place mm-hmm. for conflict but we're saying maybe not the aggression and not the raised voices um yeah mm-hmm. yeah i think that distinction is good because i've met people who have been proud about not proud but it's it's something that they speak about with pride that they've never had their parents disagree um and then sometimes i'm like now for us who we were even in the disagreements like insight <laughs> <laughs> like i'm like is is it i don't know if if either extreme is is healthy you know yeah especially because um, i've also seen people who were like their parents never fought and then they left the house and it's like oh my parents decided to divorce and it's like wait how you never fought so how yeah. did you go from did we get never there? fighting exactly. to we're not even to like we can't you know, be together your mom is going with you to college yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i've heard of such situations so it even throws the children off where they're just like wait but you never fought so mm-hmm. where did this come from okay so um i know you had written an article a little while ago um in one of our episodes, we were talking about the church and divorce. Um, and I think you had contributed on an article around that and just like the loneliness of um, people who are in the church and going through these experiences. Um, what do you think are some considerations that I would say that people should have of their friends um, in supporting them as they get divorced. Of course, there's the church perspective. Initially, I was going to ask you what the church can do in supporting the divorces, but you're also not a pastor. You don't run a church. <laughs> <laughs> but the church is also the people, yeah? So I'm like, I, I think, what, what, what are some of the things that you feel um, Christian community maybe can do to support divorcees or just people in general how can you support your friends going through something like this um so let me let me even just say something about the church um and and you're right even just to say that the church you know it's not the building so it's really your friends who probably go to the same church um but even other than that that more we are still at a place where more people will seek um, help from church than come to professionals in if they're going through a marital issue mm. so that gives the church a huge responsibility um, when it comes to to how they they support people who are who are going through these things so mm. it it gets to a place where and I like something you guys said also in one of your that it's important for people to be professionals like to to be a professional so if you if you if you're a pastor well and good and you can pray for people um but then also to, to have that place where you say okay this one maybe needs more expertise than i can offer and and that's mm-hmm. going to be pastor, you know unless so the pastors and we're having more and more pastors straight into counseling which i like i like i think like in every class either i've sat in or i've taught there is always clergy um who are doing this. Mm-hmm. so that's very good because the truth that's is good. more people will seek help as at now, as at now, uh, in the chat, then will come uh, to me. So it's very important that even mm. as a chat, please have professionals. And again, we are not where you should be. So I am seeing more, more and more churches. A few 
but uh, having even councillors, part of you know the congregants who are um, councillors sitting in and people can go. Uh, and I like that so that, you know, if you're a doctor, then the, you're professional. Your profession is, you know, that. So if you're a mm. pastor, it's very important. If if some matters are beyond you, it's okay. It's okay. You know, you can pray, but you can also point people. Because even me as a counselor, when people, there are some people who come to me with matters of faith. So I will point them that. Or people come mm. to me and matters finances. I will not... I, I will ask them the emotions around it, but when it comes mm. to the person, I will refer them to the person mm-hmm. who's responsible. Yeah. So that's yeah. important uh, for the for the church to acknowledge that yes, as clergy, um, this is my responsibility and this is how I can take care of my flock. But there are also other players who can come in um, mm-hmm. to help you. Mm. As far as the church is concerned, I'd like to say that. Um, friends. This is very interesting, um, but the truth is not all friendships will will go will go with you as you transition. Okay, and that should be yeah. okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are people who have known you probably when you as a couple, and they completely don't know how to transition with you um, to to that other. And probably I don't know. Probably you are mutual friends. There are you and your person were mutual friends. I don't know, for whatever reason. But that's 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 the truth. And it hurts. It hurts. Um, mm. But that's just what it is. There are people who will not be able to transition. Um, so I think when you're going through this, it's okay to realize that. It's all also like when you get married. There's some friendships that don't transition with you in marriage. So I think also yeah. just that understanding that different seasons, might have mm. different people. There are people who, of course, are consistent throughout, but it's also yeah. okay when some friendships don't transition. Um, so that's one too. For the ones who remain, um, this this calls for a lot of maybe discernment. There are some things that people will say um, that they think mean well, but they're very hurtful. So, for example, people might want to keep updating you what you former person is doing or going through and they, <laughs> I don't know they think yeah. it's yeah. okay you know mm. but it, I don't mm. know from from what <laughs> I, I don't know it's 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 it can be it can be really uh, difficult I think as a support, yes, it doesn't only happen in marriages like even at yeah the even as I was just about to be like yeah I've been sent for pictures to be like look who it is with a girlfriend I'm like I don't care <laughs> Leave me alone. I'm living my best life. Get out of here. So it's not only for divorced people. Even I us like who are out here in the street. In yeah, the street. So, <laughs> so I feel like, so this is the thing. You can get, I think this is, the, because also you do, truly, you don't know what the person needs, but you can take the cue from them. Now, I find there's also this where um, the person, the person who's going through it, uh, is telling what happened to them, but the other person gets more angrier, gets more emotional, gets more. I'm like, you're making this about you. You know, it's okay to feel sad, mm. but don't, don't, um, don't get too angry. And sometimes I feel like maybe because the person gets triggered from their own experiences. Okay, mm. so take the cue from the person who's telling. Be there, support, support them where they are. Okay, it's it's not you bringing your agenda. Um, when it comes to conversation, that is. Listen to where the person is and then support them there. So it's not, anyway, depending on the friendship, there is that person who you have given a right to. to, to oh, I was going to be like, to yeah, that friend for, Yes, exactly. What? How dare they? No. Exactly. I'm <laughs> yeah, that friend. They're, they're, especially someone, <laughs> the person who's worked with you. So I feel like those mm. ones have, are more right. But someone who's coming in from the outer circles, um, mm. just listen to them. Now, the third one, uh, the other thing is sometimes um, those people, again, maybe based on the experiences, what they've experienced and what they've seen, they want to make you feel like you're more sad than you are, okay? So in terms of, <laughs> but are you sure you're okay? You're like, yeah, I'm okay. No, mm-hmm. are you, you know, divorce is hard. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yes, I'm going through it. <laughs> so <laughs> I know. It's yeah. like, I know and I'm okay. I said I'm okay. So, and, and, and that's yeah. what I'm saying. And maybe in a year's time, I will be all broken and, and 
crying. Mm. So, but just be with me where I am. I think that's the thing. Okay. Mm. Just support the person where they are. It's not you to remind them how difficult divorce is, or mm. you know, you know, mm. I, I don't know what it is. So that I find that important. Now, the other thing is being practical. Um, help people, and I think this is the same as just even grief or death. Just mm-hmm. help them practical. Do they need food like uh like a home cooked meal maybe they've mm. been going through such a difficult season even cooking is difficult um mm. is it you taking them out of the house uh because you know maybe on sundays there is this routine they used to have with the former spouse so can you and so you know or or their birthdays mm. you know so you know so practical help um right. and that's so important because then you don't you know this other one is what do i say so you know it's practical help it's just practical you don't you don't have to know or feel like the pressure to say something um mm. that's also something else yeah and of course checking up on them um yeah i think those are some of the few things that i can say i'm sure there are many more um yeah that is amazing. Wow. There's some I hadn't thought about. Um, hey. For real. There's some there. I was just like, you're right. But as a friend, I just want to tell you, okay, I'll be the friend who's like, are we going, where's the bat? Are we breaking the windshield? What are we doing? That's me. I'm that friend. <laughs> if you don't that energy, please don't yeah. come to me. Me, I'm that friend. <laughs> <Yeah>. Just <laughs> FYI. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, wow. Oh my gosh, this has really been so enlightening. I think so um, many things to think about. So many. So many things to think about, but also a lot of important uh, resources. I think we, like you said, we talked about it from the lived experience, but I think it's still good to hear like what what are some, because these are also practical steps um, that can be taken in these situations. Um yeah um does anybody else have another question i don't know look amma you want to give us free therapy while we are here <laughs> no so, we have to be lying down the way i've been feeling <laughs> no. no 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 please don't be that friend you have to pay her if you're going to ask for therapy you better be sending her in pesa after don't be that friend please like you don't even we rebuke that spirit we rebuke it <laughs> Thou shalt not <laughs> get, we will not be those we friends. shall not participate and i'm like i don't need an hour now that i'm here but believe you me, there are many times there are many there are some there are some episodes i've had and i'm like oh you guys we need to have a session uh but no, we, i can't have a session because you're my friends uh but um yeah so i i might just take nyam nyam's offer right now and say hey so how did that make you feel Actually, actually, is there a question you had when you listened um, that you were just like, how does that, I'm like, is there an episode or something you listened to that gave you that moment of how does that make you feel for one of us or like a topic we covered? Because it would be interesting. I know you've bombarded you with questions. <laughs> she said all of them. <laughs> all, of them. <laughs> all of them. You guys have been uh, very, very raw. Um, so literally all of them. Um, as, again, so telling, I keep telling people that in your podcast, I do have my opinions. You guys have no idea. Like I, I do contribute, just that you guys don't hear me. But there are many I... I give you advice. Start, I give. You start a voicemail service. You just be like, as you yeah. respond, send the voice messages too. <laughs> no, but honestly, where where could the people find you, Faith? Whether it's socials or anything. All right. Uh, so I'm psychologistfaith.ke on TikTok, on Instagram, and uh, Facebook, Facebook page. Um, yeah. Yes, so psychologistfaith.ke um, or just Faith Gishanga. I'm also on LinkedIn uh, as Faith Gishanga. Um, yeah, so I I am found I am foundable. <laughs> she is findable. Yes. Please, if you are looking for a therapist for yourself or for your office, if you're a boss, you better get it for your people because it doesn't matter how cool you think you are, your people need therapy. So Holata will put the details in the show notes. I say with confidence. Our editor, yes. Uh-huh. I got you, babe. Thanks, please, editor-in-chief. Um, <laughs> the, this was amazing. Um, as always, you can find us at OKKiasi okay everywhere. That's OKA, 
Why? <laughs> K-I-A-S-I. <laughs> Everywhere. So um, also, if you have questions for Faith, if you think you'd want us to have her again, I like how I'm saying this with confidence, like I've talked to Faith about it, but um, you can send them to us on email at okekia, um, it's okekiasiagmail.com and we will either send them to her, I don't know, we'll figure it out. Um, but yeah. Yes! That is all from me. Sure. Thank you this so has been much. a good episode. It's been so much fun. This has been okay, Kiasi, y'all. Yeah, thank you, Faith, for joining thank us. Thank you. Thank you for being our first guest. Yay. This is right. the last thank thing you. Know, I'm so excited also because, well, as a time of recording, tomorrow is mental health, global, what? International mental health so day. So I'm um, also just so happy be. to this, creating nice. awareness uh, during the mental nice. health yeah. month, awareness month. So, yeah, we hope you guys have a great week season two coming very, very soon, soon. Yes. very very soon we'll see you when you see ya bye bye, bye.